0: This season of The Ones Who Succeed is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, technology, design, and more. You can take classes in social media marketing, video editing, entrepreneurship, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. so join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today because Skillshare is offering the ones who succeed listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes all for free to sign up go to Skillshare.com succeed again that's Skillshare.com succeed that link is how they know we the ones who succeed send you to start your first two months now that link is also in the description of this podcast and a special thanks to Skillshare for sponsoring the show Welcome back to another episode of The Ones Who Succeed. I'm Campbell Barron. So this episode is one of my favorites, and here's why. In 2015, on a long summer car ride, my dad put on a podcast. Now, in the summer of 2015, I was 12 years old and my brother was 10, and listening to a podcast in the car was nothing new. We did it all the time. But what was new was the type of podcast we were listening to. Instead of hearing a show about climate change or politics, we listened to a podcast about entrepreneurship building a startup to be exact. And while entrepreneurship was in the back of my mind, after all, I started my first business when I was eight years old, the podcast, it really inspired me. So by now, if you don't know what podcast I'm talking about, then let me fill you in. The show I was talking about is called Startup and I was referring to season one. The podcast was hosted by a guy named Alex Bloomberg and the podcast was essentially Alex documenting his process while building a podcasting company. That company is known today as Gimlet Media, and it produces a bunch of award-winning podcasts covering all topics. But it all started with startup, and the vulnerable, interesting episodes that Alex and his team produced. As we binged the entire season in one listen, I was mesmerized by the ups and downs that Alex faced while building the company. Alex became a role model to me, a figure of success in my mind. And that was that. Or at least I thought, because little did I know three years later, I would be sitting down with a guy I looked up to for a very long time. Hi, my name is Campbell Barron, and I'm a 15-year-old entrepreneur from Toronto, Canada, and you are listening to my podcast, the ones who succeed where each week i meet with inspiring entrepreneurs and talk to them about
1: their journey to success i don't think there's another company that i could have started like this is the only company that i could have started because like it came from doing something that i love which is making podcasts hear
0: their stories experiences and firsthand what it took to succeed in their field why am i doing this because i want to learn from the ones who succeed and you can too So Alex and I met up at the Gimlet Media office in Brooklyn, New York. And I've got to be honest, it was pretty surreal to be there. After the interviews, I even got to meet Reply All's Alex Goldman and PJ Vogt. But that's besides the point. Anyway, so my conversation with Alex starts at the very beginning, Alex's childhood, when he was a kid living in Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: What were you like? Um, okay, so you know how you are? Yeah. I was the opposite. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like I was like so not together. I mean, I wasn't not together. I was like a smart kid and everything like right. that and I studied hard, but right. I I I had very little idea of what I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't have I wasn't very goal oriented and I was like very much like a um I uh I was really into I was really into science. Science, right? So I was like a sci- I was a science student and I did a lot of I I was really into physics. Yeah. Uh it's like I took a lot of AP physics and stuff and I sort of I think if if somebody had asked me what I wanted to be when I was your age, yeah, I wouldn't have known, and I would have been like, I don't know, I guess a, a scientist. Okay. But what do you want to be? An entrepreneur. Okay. You know. I know. Okay. I figured yeah. out. So it sounds like you enjoyed school.
0: You liked school. You studied hard. You liked science. It interested yeah. you.
1: Yeah, I was I was a good student. I don't know if I enjoyed it, but I was a good student, yeah.
0: And were you, there's a, this stereotype with some entrepreneurs these days that they were the rule breakers. They kind of scribbled outside the lines. They
1: got in trouble a lot. It sounds like you weren't that guy. No, <laughs> no, I was, I have, I have, my wife and I joke about it because we were both the same way. We we, we were the, we were such rule followers that, like, the idea that, like, you would break a rule was, like, crazy to us. But I don't, but I wasn't, like, there's some people who I think are very, very, have, like, respect for authority sort of built in. Like, right. if there's a rule, they're going to follow it. And I was, I, I am much more of a questioner. Yeah, like, yeah. I have to understand why, but I right. don't, like... But I definitely am not a
0: rebel. You're not a rebel. And what about your parents? I I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, get influenced by what their parents do or a lot of people at a young age get influenced by what your parents do. I know my my dad is an entrepreneur. So Mm -hmm. I think that definitely had an influence or it came naturally. Were your parents entrepreneurial, either of them? Was there that? It's funny. You know, I I
1: had this big uh, realization. Recently, that yes, they were, but we never talked about it. They never cast themselves like my dad started. A, you know, he and two other partners started an advertising agency, okay. and it grew to be a very large advertising agency right. in, in Cincinnati. Um, and at that, at the at its peak, it had like I mean, it had as many pl- employees as we do now. It had right. like eighty five to hundred employees probably. Um, but he never cast himself as an entrepreneur. I think he always felt like he was much more like he wanted to be a poet. Yeah, he smoked a ton of pot. Like okay. he was a hippie, right? You know, and so, um, so I think he was like, so I, I he had a very complicated conflicted relationship with his entrepreneurial sort of side, yeah. And I don't, and I think he didn't like it. And then my mom was a was a civil servant; she worked for the city, but she also okay. started a program there, so she also was entrepreneurial. So they were both like so they had these things, but they didn't they didn't talk about it that way. So they had that entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. But if if I talked to well, 15, yeah, yeah, I guess I, they did, but they didn't talk about it. It wasn't something, yeah. It only took. It only, I only realized it now in my fifties. Yeah. Yes, they did. And if I talked to fifteen year old Alex, you wouldn't say I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I don't. I, I'm not sure I am still. So, what do you consider yourself? I consider myself a craftsman. A craftsman. Who who? I think I think of entrepreneurs as people who are going to start a company. Right. No matter what. And the company, like, what, what, what they care about is building the enterprise. Right. And, um, and the enterprise can, can sort of be, it can't be anything, but it, it's, it, it can be a number of things. I don't right. think there's another company that I could have started. Like, this is the only company that I could have started because, like, it came from doing something that I love, which is making podcasts. An accidental entrepreneur. An accidental entrepreneur. You yeah. fell into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, just go a little bit back. You mentioned, you know, you were into science. You ended up mm-hmm. becoming a
1: science teacher for two years. Mm-hmm. What was that like? <laughs> uh, it was longer, actually. I think it was four years. Uh, four years. I, um, so we, it was like, I don't know. It was really, it was, it was gratifying in many ways. It was hard. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, I, I taught 12 to, 12 to 15 years old year olds. Right. And, um. 12- and 13-year-olds are, like, just, they're volatile. Right. Yeah, and right. so it was, like, it was very, and it's funny, you know, like, teaching 12- to 14-year-olds, it's a little bit, it's it's the age where, like, you care about adults the least. It's, I think. it's so
0: true. It's yeah. so true.
1: You don't care about adults at all. You're just like trying to figure each other out. And like my kids now are young. They're like five and six and eight. Right. And like they, they love us. They love talking to other adults. They love it. And then by the time, and then you get to be your age and you're sort of like, oh, I'm starting to figure out to be an adult. I'm right. gonna, like hang out with them. I'm interested in what they do. Yeah. 12 to 14, I felt like, do you ever watch this Charlie Brown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, you know the, yeah. the adults are wow, <laughs> 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 Study? Oh, yes, ma'am. You're absolutely right. We should have been studying. But you... May I say something, ma'am? You seem to forget... That's what I felt like. Yeah, I felt like it didn't matter what I was saying. It was just wah, 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 like that in the background. So you, you're a science teacher for four years. Yeah. How did you make... You obviously
0: spent the majority of your career in radio. Mm-hmm. How did you make that transition? From
1: radio to being or, an entrepreneur? Or, or, no, from teaching to radio. Oh. <sighs> I don't know. The, do you want the real answer? The real answer is that do want uh, answer. Uh, my um, my girlfriend of a long time broke up with me, right? And I was devastated. And uh, she was going to go back to film school, right? And I thought she was going to get famous. And then I thought I was going to be supervising recess for the rest of my life. And so I was like, I got to make a change in my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to do something. And um, and I think the other way I was the other way that you're very different than me is that I didn't. It took me a long time to figure out that I could actually go for what I wanted. Yeah, it took me a long time. It's certainly not when I was 15. I didn't have the confidence to go for what I wanted. Right. Um and um and I'd always sort of wanted to be like media like the way you, like I I'd, I'd always been a fan of sort of like media. I I've re, been reading the New Yorker since I was like 12. Okay. You know, I'm like yeah. I kind of yeah, yeah, like yeah. I loved not long form nonfiction. That was my passion, you yeah. know, and I love reading Harper's and I love reading all these magazines and that's really what I wanted to do. And so and I just thought like, well, I can never do that. That's for other people to do. Right? Yeah. I don't know why I thought that. Like imagine, like I don't know why it seems so astounding to me that like a middle-class Jew could have succeeded in media. I don't yeah. know why that seems crazy. <laughs> like it did. And so, uh, and and eventually, I and when I got broken up with, I, something about like the fear of failure that had been holding me back. I was like, well, my life is already a wreck, so there's nothing to lose here. So, right. I, so I, so I so I tried and I and I just this American life was just starting up as this like tiny thing and like it was like um I knew that somebody that who had gone to Oberlin, which is where I went, was like working there yeah. and I got introduced and like and then I started pitching them stuff and eventually I worked my way into being their administrative assistant. Um and then it just turned out that I had a sort of a facility for it. Coming up, how his career in public
0: radio led Alex to start Gimlet Media and why he decided to document the experience and turn it into a podcast. I'm Campbell Barron. This is the ones who succeed. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back after a brief word from our sponsor. This season of The Ones Who Succeed is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, technology, design, and more. You can take classes in social media marketing, video editing, entrepreneurship, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today, because Skillshare is offering the first 250 people who click the link in the description two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes all for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com succeed. Again, that's Skillshare.com succeed to start your first two months now. And a special thanks to Skillshare for sponsoring this season. Welcome back to The Ones Who Succeed, I'm Campbell Barron. So the year is 2014, and Alex Bloomberg decided he wanted to start a podcasting company. Now, Gimlet Media, the company Alex co-founded, wasn't the first podcasting company out there. There were plenty of others. So to differentiate Gimlet and build hype for the company he was starting, Alex decided to document the process. Specifically, turn the emotional roller coaster he was experiencing into a podcast. And the name for that podcast was Startup.
1: I'm Alex Bloomberg, and for a long time I was a producer at the public radio show This American Life and also the co-creator of a podcast called Planet Money, where for years I reported on business and the economy. It was a great gig until I decided to do something rash. I decided to take what I learned from reporting on other people's businesses and start my own business.
0: Are you meeting someone with money?
1: (laughs) This is my wife Nazanine, early one morning a couple months ago, stopping me as I was on my way out the door to do something I'd never done before. Meet a guy who works at a venture capital firm and try to get him to give me money. How did you get the idea to document
0: it? You know, many people start businesses, uh-huh. right? but not everyone talks in their recorder at 4 a.m. about starting their business.
1: That was just – that was purely – that was the easiest it was natural. thing to think of in the, because that's all I did. Right. Like I was a, I, I was a documentary radio producer. Right. So like – and I had left – these two huge platforms, This American Life and Planet Money, which had millions of listeners and where I had like – you know, and I had access to lots and lots of people. And I, and I was literally out on my own and I didn't have a Twitter following. I didn't have right. – I wasn't active on social media at all. So I had nothing. And, and so the only thing – I had going for me was the fact that I was doing this and and it was like scary and I felt like it would be good tape. <laughs> and right. so and it was and it, and, it, and it was. Um and and so um but that it was that was the easiest decision it was just sort of like I need to and and in a certain way you know how you're using your 15-year-oldness as like a stunt to get in front of people. Yeah, definitely. I think I was doing that too. I was like I was I was this plucky guy like who was documenting the process while I was doing it. Yeah. And um and i think it got me a bunch of conversations that it, like counterintuitively i think it got me in front of i think chris saka took the meeting it was made him more interested in taking uh, the meeting at yeah, last yeah, yeah, you know for sure. um and so and so i think that was uh that that was working for me too and one thing
0: which i loved about startup season 1 which i think you did a very good job with is that many entrepreneurs when they start their business you just think you know all the answers. You're just gonna figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I think that what you kept in, this vulnerability. You know, whether that's kind of messing up your pitch with Chris Soccer or mm-hmm. negotiating your partnership with Matt Lieber, all of these things that I don't know if it was up to someone else, I don't know
1: if they would leave in. Why did you keep that in? Why do, what, like why did you that's what made it interesting. Like that was the whole point. Like I mean, that's what I knew from all my previous work in audio. Like I like what I said, like I consider myself like a craftsman first and like the craft that I learned was making audio and like I knew just from all the stories that I'd ever made that like what you, what resonates most with an audience is like actual honest emotion. Right. And like, if you're trying to pretend you hear it and it's not, it's not gripping. And if you hear honest emotion, it's gripping. And so, and I knew I was having very, very real honest emotions and I knew that they would be gripping. And so, it was like more like, that's what we got to do. And like, there would be, it, it, at a certain point with startup, the challenge became like, oh, it's all of a sudden it started going too well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then we, it was like, we were like, we, we weren't, um, there wasn't like that, like that tension, that nervousness, that anxiety anymore. What about proving people
0: wrong? A lot of entrepreneurs maybe have felt doubted when they're building their company. And some sometimes, I, at least I know with me, you know, getting a rejection kind of motivates me. Mm-hmm. Have you – did you have people saying, you know, Gimlet's not, not going to succeed
1: and did that motivate you or did it bring you down? Um, well, spite, I think, is a powerful motivator. And I think spite is what motivated me to get into the business in the first place. I think that's what got me into journalism, I guess. Um But it's but it hasn't like so as I am fully on board with it, like that has not been a big motivator thus far. It's been sort of like more um, fear and and desire. Um, Like the the big motivator now was just sort of like just like I just think that there's a there's a. A lot of stuff that people want to hear and i like making it and so i just right. want to make it that's that's been sort of it's been like a more of a creative impulse but um but yeah occasionally like something bad happens and you're just like well like we'll show them you know but i think i think more than i think now weirdly like i think people feel that way about us like sort of we've, we've gone from being the underdog to the big media company. big media yeah. company now which doesn't feel like the truth to me inside like we're just like I, I hope we can keep this thing going you know all the time but but I think you know we do we, we just have a big new office and like we have these fancy studios and stuff so yeah
0: and I think entrepreneurs generally all entrepreneurs I don't think anyone builds a company perfectly mm-hmm. obviously you make mistakes you fail at times Yeah. what are some of the
1: failures you've experienced through Gimlet and how have you learned from them? oh I mean we have so many failures I think I, I think I've had failures of uh, I think my leadership I think it took me a long time to get comfortable being a leader and get comfortable just sort of like, um, not trying to please everybody, um, and make everything okay for everybody. Uh, I think ultimately what it comes down to is like the, the more you're just constantly making decisions all the time and like, sometimes they're going to be wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and if you're going to make a wrong decision you should be definitely making it for the right decision right reasons yeah so like the worst thing is to make a wrong decision for the wrong reasons which is sort of like i don't want to hurt this person's feelings or like if if we do this then somebody else is going to be mad at me or whatever like you don't th- that's that's those are the wrong reasons right and like um and then and so sometimes like whatever we would like i would push forward with a show that like maybe wasn't going to work or it wasn't going to happen or, you know, like keep somebody in a role for too long, even though yeah. it was like, it was, the, it was the wrong role and it was clear that it was the wrong role. But I wasn't, I wasn't thinking in terms of the company. I was thinking in terms of like that person's feelings and my own fear, like it's not even about the person's feelings because they're, they're ultimately probably in like aggregate, like their feelings yeah. are... are Equally as bruised no matter what I did. Um, You know, they probably didn't feel great either. If I was feeling bad, I was probably broadcasting that in some way or another. But, like, it was mostly about me and about, like, not wanting to seem like the bad guy. Yeah. Um, And I think I just need to, like, I needed to step up into my leadership a little bit more.
0: What do you think the best part about being an entrepreneur or the the head craftsman, as I guess you (laughs) would relate to (laughs) you more? I entrepreneur.
1: I mean, I am an entrepreneur in this case. Like, it's, yeah, Uh, the best part. The best part is it's exciting and like and it and it I mean, it's just exciting. Right. And it's like um and it's thrilling. You know, it's like it's, it's this very, very thrilling thrilling thing. Um and when it works it feels great. Um and then of course it can be financially very lucrative if it works out. Um so there's like this sort of like the 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 chance at like that there's something seductive about like oh yeah, there's the the chance that like, oh, this will make me rich, which is exciting and not a not a feeling that many people have in journalism or public radio. are you motivated by money? I'm not no, I don't think no not at not at all i don't think i don't think you have a i don't think you have a that twenty year career in public radio if you're motivated by money <laughs> right um but i uh but you know, i'm like i don't I would I would like more money and like if it, like you know there's like there, there is I think part of what led me into into this role was like this feeling that I was creating these things that had a lot of value and right. that value wasn't being realized financially and um, I wanted more of that value to accrue to me so in that sense I wanted to be I was making these things that people loved and I wanted to get paid for that my, more myself where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> um well in 10 years, you and I will be in ten years, you'll be twenty-five. Twenty-five. I will be sixty-one. All right. So um I'll be towards the end of my career, you'll be at the beginning. I think I'll have a son who's your age now. Um and I would I would hope that this is like the gimlet has like like I, I see Gimlet as like growing, becoming more and more of a of a household brand. Right, podcasting becoming more and more sort of like mainstream. It's going to be on more and more devices, and um, that uh, that I, that it will be like my legacy.
0: What I find is interesting and hard about podcasting is uh-huh. generally the fact that. Um, at least my peers don't really if you ask them what's a podcast, right, they'll say, I don't know. Right. How does how
1: does Gimlet target a younger audience? How that is right. a, that is a really good question. I mean that's what we're that's what we're asking ourselves all the time. Um part of it is like this I think part of it is the ecosystem has to evolve. Like, you know, you get into um uh there's um you know the, the platforms are coming along, and Google's like you know sort of right. like launching this big podcasting initiative, and Spotify, and Amazon, and um, with, with with the Echo. Um, so I think part of it is going to be the evolution of of the ecosystem. I think part of it is going to be targeting sort of like younger people where they exist right now, and right now I think they exist on y- YouTube a lot more than right. in, in in the iTunes Store. Um, so we're like experimenting with like maybe doing doing that, doing sort of like making video components of some of our podcasts. The problem is that like our podcasts aren't aren't like all like interview shows like this this right. one. So it's, it's harder. It's harder to like just video it. Yeah. You know. Um so you have to like come up with some sort of like some sort of like static image or some, some something visual to show while you're like if if you've made a podcast where you've been producing it in the studio and done a bunch of revisions or whatever, like what what exactly do you show? Right. It's harder it's harder to know. Okay, my last question. Yeah. The show is called The Ones Who
0: Succeed. Yeah. Because I want to learn from The Ones Who Succeed. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to up-and-coming media entrepreneurs, young media entrepreneurs, people wanting to get into entrepreneurship in the media space?
1: I'm going to give a... I don't know if this is the correct advice. Okay. So this is just me. Yeah. But I I would... My advice is, that, is to, like, um, really figure out what you lo- love. And if... And if what you love and some people just love the mechanics of business, some people yeah. love the sort of like oh here's the here's the product here's the audience it's nobody's figured it quite out yet, and if we do this and this and this, we can put it together and make it a great business right and those people become serial entrepreneurs if they're good at it um, some people love like making videos or like love media right and then like and 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 then and then they they become really good at that and the, in that scenario like maybe you're an entrepreneur maybe you're something else maybe you can have a very lucrative career in some other way or whatever but like if that's what you love like just know what that's and i think figure out what you love and get really good at it awesome well thank you alex for uh, coming on the show thank you
0: All right, so that is it. That is my interview with Alex Bloomberg. I hope you enjoyed. If you are interested in seeing our conversation in a shorter form YouTube video format, then make sure to check out the One to Succeed YouTube channel. The episode with Alex is out now. There's some cool drone footage and graphics in it. As well, you can see what Alex looks like. You can see what I look like. You can see what his awesome new office looks like. It's all a guaranteed good time. That is all on our YouTube channel. You can find that by searching www.bit.ly slash succeed YouTube. There's no caps in that, by the way. You can also find our channel by searching The Ones Who Succeed in the YouTube search bar. And if you wanna view this week's show notes, then swing by our website. It's www.theoneswhosucceed.com. You can keep up with our content on Instagram at the succeed and on Twitter at oneswhosucceed. And now for our credits, this show is produced by me and my mom, Lily Yerkstovich. Our theme music is by Alta. Our ad music is by Per Anders Nilsson and additional music composed by Holly Marr and additional audio by soundcloud.com slash startup. Our executive producer is Robert Barron, and thanks again to Skillshare for sponsoring the show. As well, special thanks to Lily Yerkstovich, Robert Barron, Sophia Yerkstovich, Jackie Burns, Steph Matisse, Sarah Platt, Aaron Kelly, and of course, Alex Bloomberg. I am Campbell Barron. Here are some scenes from next week's episode of The Ones Who Succeed. Next week, I talked to serial entrepreneur Nancy Lublin.
1: I had a 92-year-old aunt who was on her deathbed. Okay. She didn't have a lot of money, but I figured what she had she couldn't take with her. So in the hospital on her deathbed, I asked her for $2,500. Now, I got the money, but I was not invited to my own family's Thanksgiving that year. Really? And I don't regret it.
0: That's next week on The Ones Who Succeed. Until then, take it easy.